0: Welcome to the ILO Social Finance Podcast on financial inclusion, impact insurance, and sustainable investing. Our podcast brings insights from around the world, highlighting how financial services contribute to social and economic development. Welcome back to the third episode of the ILO Social Finance Podcast Going Digital with Inclusive Insurance. We have really listened to your feedback and selected a topic that many insurers have been grappling with, even before the COVID pandemic hit. But now, with the world as it is, there has never been a better time to either consider which insurance operations can be digitalized, develop digital insurance products, or create new digital inclusive insurers. This is why today I'm speaking with Inclusivity Solutions on their insight into going digital. I'm speaking with Jeremy Leach, founder and CEO of Inclusivity Solutions, based in South Africa, and Sam Dory, General Manager of Country Operations at Inclusivity Solutions, based in Rwanda. Thank you both for joining us, Jeremy and Sam, and welcome to the podcast. Let's start out by talking about Inclusivity Solutions, just so that all of our listeners know a bit about what you do and where you are. So Jeremy, Can you tell us more?
1: So Inclusivity Solutions is what's now called an inclusive insurtech that we're focused around designing, building and operating digital insurance businesses in emerging markets. Simply put, we are trying to extend access to insurance in emerging markets beyond the kind of current two to five percent of the adult population that have insurance at the moment. So in South Africa, Kenya, Rwanda, Côte d'Ivoire, Zambia and Uganda.
0: Excellent. And can you tell us a little bit about what you do in each of these countries at a very high level?
1: Right. So in each of these countries, we've got different partners. But for example, in in Kenya, we work with Equity Bank, which is Kenya's largest retail bank, and Britam, um, kind of well known micro insurer, uh, to basically offer insurance. Uh, through Equity Bank's mobile virtual network operator. So basically uh, um, launching a range of um, hospital cash products to their base initially, and looking to launch a few new products going forward. In Rwanda, a similar process, we're working with Airtel, um, a large mobile operator based in Rwanda, where we again similarly have a hospital cash product. And then in Cote um, d'Ivoire, we have uh, working with Orange, working with, um, working with Orange on hospital cash and a funeral policies, but excited to launch a range of new products in Zambia with Hollard where we're basically looking at SME type of uh, products with a range of different distribution partners. So again, we're trying to be very much focused on the end consumer, understand their needs, and then curate products based on their needs across those markets. And what we've seen in pretty much all markets, one of the core needs has been around simple health, uh, which is why we've been biased towards these simple health products so far.
0: Great. And with the products that you've worked on, do you would you be able to say what percentage of people pay their premiums or receive their claims through mobile money?
2: Uh, so actually, it's it's hundred percent. All of them, all of our, all of our customers do receive their claims via uh, mobile banking. So, uh, so for instance, our partnership with uh, with Airtel, that's that's via uh, the Airtel money. For partnership with Orange, it goes through Orange money. Or partnership with uh, with Equity goes through their 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 mobile uh, their mobile banking account.
0: And Jeremy, you mentioned SME products. Can you tell us a bit more about this type of product? When you say SME product, um, can you give me an example of what type of insurance that would be?
1: In Zambia, where we spent quite a bit of time really researching and understanding the market, and um, we're basically looking to offer um, basically smaller micro enterprise a bundled cover that can cover a number of things that it can cover uh, property assistance cover. So if their buildings or their um, uh, buildings or equipment gets burned down, then they basically can be a kind of cash payout or as well as basically a potential hospitalization cover and um, also funeral insurance. And again, why property assistance cover is so important. We just known from the work across a number of markets that if your shelter is burned down, not only and as most kind of small businesses are run from home, we find that not only if your the building is burned down, you lose your shelter, you lose your um, equipment, you lose your inventory, and you often lose your content. So again, it's so important to be able to offer insurance to cover um, those kind of type of properties because it has such a huge impact. On the clients, if the um, if the property is burnt, and with penetration of insurance so low, I think it's just under three percent in Zambia, we know our typical customers are not covered, and will basically be devastated if there is a fire or a shock um, to their to their business.
0: So, your partnerships bring together M&O's financial partners and insurers. I see that you have partnerships with the likes of Equitel in Kenya, Orange Money in Côte d'Ivoire, Airtel and Tigo, sorry, Airtel Tigo in Ghana, and insurers such as Hollard, Be Life, and Britam, to name a few. So what do you think are the main challenges in setting up these partnerships and any ideas on how to overcome these? I think what we find is,
1: you know, three challenges that we are facing. One is the um, business development timelines it takes a long time to go to secure the right distribution partner at the right time and get those decisions made that they they want to embrace a partnership you know so that is a is a real challenge the second real challenge is around operational timelines i mean once a partner has said yes you've still got to operationalize it and go through your you know 13 plus committees to get approval and that's also not easy or making a minor tweak does require significant time uh, to basically go through those processes, and the third is around what we call um, frictionless payments or premium certainty, where again you want to ensure that whichever partner you go with, you need to be able to collect premium easily and and frictionlessly with no real pain to the customer.
2: The other challenge, of course, is change management, uh, as you know, people naturally resist change. So even just getting people to now say, okay, here's a new thing, this is a new way of doing it, it's 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 a challenge. Uh, uh, an example is that, you know, um once we partnered with one of the insurers, uh, remember the first months, it was it was a challenge to get the, the claim assessors to to do everything on the um, on the on on the computer or digitally uh you know we we faced a lot of uh, claims that were actually approved when they were not supposed to be approved because the claim assessors weren't used to you know they weren't even opening the the documents and reading them through and trying to see and do doing the due uh, diligence that they would do uh, on a physical paper or going through their normal their normal done their normal process and they thought just you know ticking the box or just clicking approve uh, that's just that does the, the thing so getting them to, to understand that this is a new way of doing things and getting them to see how to do it. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that was a challenge. The other big challenge that we've seen also um, is, is around customer awareness and changing the already perception around uh, insurance. Already in most of our markets uh, customers don't trust uh, insurance and you know they're they're used to those uh the traditional insurance products and um they feel like at all times uh it's you know insurance cheats them and therefore to them the you know getting them the buy-in and also to see the need uh, for the insurance is, is not easy them to understand some of the principles uh that you know insurance is for that uh you know just covering yourself for that risk that hasn't yet occurred um yeah so that's that's i would say this this has been uh the the main challenges and how we overcome them of course it's it's something that we still we're still battling with every day and uh, and we're making some steps but yeah it's, it's it's something in progress
0: Great. Thank you. Just going back to the the priority alignment, are there any tools that you use or what approach do you use to make sure that all the partners um, have the same end goal? How How do you make sure that the different players in the partnerships see the intervention that you are bringing as important?
2: Yeah, no, thanks, uh, Lisa, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, so we we of course it's engagement. So um, we engage with uh, with all stakeholders as frequent as possible at the beginning of the of the project, even before uh, the conceptualization just to get them to involve. So as much as possible, we we try to involve all the all the stakeholders. And the other thing, of course, we we do provide uh, reports. That gets to show them against a set KPIs or key results that we've uh, we've agreed on. Um, so we have uh, objective key results. So that's that's one tool that we we get to use. And um, yeah, and from time to time we, we conduct workshops just to review uh, the product, where we are, what we've achieved, and you know uh, what challenges, how to change things, what we need to what we need to address. Um, yeah, so I, I would say it's more of, uh, engagement on a, on a day-to-day and as often as possible and, and getting all stakeholders there and, and, and celebrating some, you know, some wins, of course, to see, you know, the impact, of course, getting also, uh, yeah, getting that feedback from the, from the customers, that, that does help a lot, but importantly is to, to show the impact on the business.
0: So a few of our listeners are living in countries where they are very keen to accelerate the digitization of their inclusive insurance offerings. I'm sure that you can understand this given the current COVID-19 crisis, but it's not always easy to know where to begin. What advice would you give to such insurers?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. And again, a lot of companies um, are often very paper-based and that's kind of has, that causes obviously real issues. Um, well, there's a few things uh, to be done. I mean, one is basically um, is really kind of be customer centric. What does the customer need as a as a priority? And um, so again, I think uh, that would link to, you know, what we do, which is basically really support an omni-channel onboarding model. So essentially clients, you know, want to engage your customers around kind of onboarding and renewals. You don't want to have cumbersome processes or use paper in this time because clients are not very happy to see you if you become a knock on their doors um, at this time. So again, I'd probably start around the look at the, at the omni-channel um, onboarding process. And what I mean is, so for example, on our side, we can basically support our partner sign up via USSD, you know, basic kind of technology, um, or SMS or use, um, web based models on your kind of cell phone. Or again, make sure that your call center models are done well so you can fulfill the call and collect premium over the phone. So maybe the starting point is thinking from the customer perspective or the might Well, certainly is on the onboarding side. You know, secondly, we spent a lot of our time and thinking through, through a, process to do policy admin and claim side. So again, it's we've support a full policy digital policy admin side. Clients, if they want to change their cover, change beneficiary, they want to do that digitally. They don't want to sit on a call center for an hour um, trying to get through all the different menus to basically change some basic details. I mean that's the last thing you want to do. So again think through how do you support the policy administration and claims administration? Again, you don't want to client to ring up and spend an hour on a call center trying to log a claim and then work out how to send reams of documentation through. So what we've done again is support, you know, you can initiate it fully digitally. You're, you're told based on that what you need to send through and then you can send your, your documentation through. Um, through WhatsApp or email, no claims forms, but you really want to simplify that process. So if you kind of think through from a customer perspective, what are their main kind of pain points and how do you support that? Then obviously that's a pretty uh, good way to go around that digitization side. Again, what we're aiming to do terms of inclusivity, you actually have an end goal is to delight customers. And it's not something you typically would say around insurance <laughs> as a grudge purchase, but you want to be able to delight them. And that means you need to have a seamless uh, relationship and engagement, engaging with them, and we spend a lot of our treasure really understanding what do they need, how do they want to engage, and what how to ensure a really slick process.
0: So given what's been happening with COVID, have you seen anything particularly different in the way your partners are operating?
1: Good question. So, I mean, that's actually um, you need to look at it a bit of a holistic way on that side. So, from the impact of COVID, which, I, to be honest, is is probably the biggest learning moment for insurance the world has ever seen. You know, there's n- there's never been a time like this, maybe since the Spanish flu, where where risk. Um, has been at health risk has been at the forefront of people's minds, and the need to think around how insurance can support them, whether it's around hospitalisation or or life. And one thing I'm really pleased to say is that across all our products, essentially across 700,000 plus kind of clients, every single one of them will be covered for um, coronavirus, whether it's from hospitalisation or or death for, for funeral. And that's 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 really important. But in terms of the impacts on us in the industry, it's significant. So. Our partners, equity bank and Orange and companies like that are just not used to working digitally. So huge challenges of them to overnight change to a digital model, which had an impact in terms of decision making, you know, turnaround times, ability to kind of execute. You know, obviously kind of being impacted. You know, beyond that is saying, you know, impact on the end clients. So for a bank, or we're doing, for example, one MFI we're working with in Zambia. You know, essentially retrenched thirty percent of their staff because of the impact of COVID. So, you know, again, if you look at the impact on people's lives, you know, it's absolutely huge in terms of increasing kind of un- unemployment. And you can see the real covariant risk coming through because all at one time, one uh, clients who typically have low savings in Africa are being hit, Being hit, they're being made unemployed, their income is being reduced because they're not able to work. They often have insufficient savings to be able to manage this risk. Secondly, you know, the lending, um, l- lenders are becoming pretty nervous in this time, not surprisingly, and having to think about how to support existing clients to so be nervous about new loans. Um, and then thirdly, remittances, which have typically been the stabilizer during these shocks, the sending countries are being hit significantly at the same time, so we're seeing some positive stories in Rwanda about remittances going up, but basically a lot of the sender countries are being hit at the same time, so you again basically have this kind of absolutely hammering of that low mass market which are tip where they're typically um informally employed so yeah it's I think that's really terrifying what's happening on the end end customer, which again is going to impact our distribution partners and our our yeah, basically our distribution partners and our insurers. And even on the insurer side, we are seeing, um, you know, sadly, a lot of the industry and insurance side haven't done well on the risk pricing, but they've made up their gains in terms of the investment revenue. But investment revenue has been hit. So again, you've seen that double hit from the insurer side. But yes, I think from overall, biggest learning moment insurance ever, has ever seen. We expect that there will be a long term value for insurers. If they are customer centric, if they're willing to recognize this is the moment to grow the market because of growing awareness and don't pull back. The sad thing is we are trying to um, renegotiate or well, negotiate new reinsurance contracts. And three of the big global reinsurers have declined to um, support new hospitalization cover. Um, so again, we're now seeing you know, reinsurers rather than seeing this as an opportunity uh, to, you know, opportunity to help grow the insurance market are being risk-averse and pulling back, which will actually undermine trust in the market even more, which is a little bit concerning.
0: So last question for our interview. Given your experience with inclusivity solutions or beyond, is there any advice that you would like to give the inclusive insurance sector as we navigate our way through the current global health crisis?
2: so uh the advice i would say is that uh, this is the right time i think uh insurance as as an institution um has been left behind for a long time in terms of uh um uh digitizing or the, the revolution and i think this this is this is our time this is a time for for insurance to actually you know um uh change gears and, and I think uh, this this is the right time. So I, I would say seize, seize the moment. Um, the other thing is that uh, digitizing or you know uh, going digital is not is not is not is not the end. Uh, this we should be prepared to to do the hard work. And the hard work here—I mean, you know—doing um, the customer education, partnering with the right, the right institutions and the right, uh, uh, and the right partners to to actually create that awareness and to change the mindset uh, of the customers and to. More, more, of, uh, you know, show the impact and let the customers change their their perspective on on insurance. So that's 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 the other thing. The 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 other thing I think uh, that I would recommend is also as insurers. Uh, all people in the in the insurance sector is need to be open to to challenge the status quo, and 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 at all times I want to emphasize is you know be customer centric, always and always put the customer first uh, in everything, and you know uh, right from the design whatever solution you come up with, let it be uh, something that is driven by the customer and not and not by the board. So. That, as I would say, would be my my recommendations.
0: What about you, Jeremy? What advice would you give the inclusive insurance sector for navigating the current crisis?
1: Excellent question. Um, and a few things. One, I think it is you know resist the view that claims are losses. Um, we've always said in the insurance sector you don't see a, a claim as a claim; you see it as a loss. So again. <laughs> Um, you need to resist the view that claims are losses in the aim of building the market in the long run. So this is a, this is the biggest learning moment we've seen. This is the first opportunity at such scale that clients can really understand the value of insurance. If I just from some um, analysis of Finscope Zambia, you saw that 88% of the market a few years ago just didn't understand what insurance is. You know This is the time when clients are starting to appreciate the value for insurance. And if the ind- industry retracts, you've lost a huge opportunity to kind of grow the market in the long run. I certainly embrace the um, the digitization uh, model, and I think we'd love to support more of our um, you know, partners in this kind of space and link them with the higher touch channels um, as well. So again, that need for digitization, but also saying how to use digitization to link with higher touch channels. Because in the day, there's no point having a high touch channel and then having a dreadful... Um, experience on the back end because clients can't change policies, they can't pay easily, they can't claim easily. You do need to be able to have a not very easy journey to um, to delight customers. And with that, and we're certainly with some um, patience and you know some uh, yeah, clearly, you know dealing with some nerve wracking issues in the COVID, we'll, we'll get through this. And I think the industry can be far better on the other side.
0: Thank you very much for those optimistic and insightful thoughts. And um, I wish you all the best at inclusivity solutions. You have been listening to the ILO social finance podcast on financial inclusion, impact insurance and sustainable investing. To all our listeners, this is your podcast. And we want to cover the topics that interest you. We would love to hear from you. So please send us your thoughts for future podcasts and we will do what we can to include them. You can send your ideas and feedback to us at ILO.org.